Hey guys, what's up? It's Chase. I want to welcome you to another episode of the show. This show is slightly different than some others because I am talking about one thing and one thing only. I've got no guests. And the thing I'm talking about is why comparing yourself to others is the worst and best thing that you could possibly do. And if you're a normal human right now, you're saying, wait a minute, those things contradict one another. I need to know the answer. And that's why I'm here. That's what this episode is all about. So lean back a little bit. Enjoy, you know, the the um, warm sound of my voice in your ears. And let me tell you a little story. Well, first, of course, stop me if any of this sounds familiar. You are there. Picture yourself lurking a peer's social media account. What started as a little cursory sort of browse and scroll suddenly takes a detour down the rabbit hole of self-doubt. A detour down the rabbit hole of envy. Wait a minute, he or she, gosh, they're better at X or Y than I am. I'll never catch up probably. Hmm. Look at his or her amazing X or Y. Gosh, they're always hanging with, with A, B, or C celebrity or the person that I envy. And you know what? No one probably even knows who I am. Ugh. Maybe I should just call it quits and do something else. I'm just not cut out for this. And on and on. Has that ever happened to you? Here's the thing. It's happened to everybody. But if this above scenario rings painfully true for you, it's because you felt the power of something that's embedded deeply in the semi-conscious, the caveman, the crocodile part of our brains. And that is a powerful engine for comparison. And that engine, it works with ruthless efficiency. That's part of our crocodile brain. Now, occasionally, we have the wherewithal to avoid this ruthless voice in our heads, that voice that doesn't serve us. Remember, the brain is meant to keep us alive, not happy. You know, it's common knowledge that when we're doing ourselves a favor, when we realize that this voice doesn't serve us, but at the risk of sounding unpopular or taking an unpopular stance rather here in this in this uh, podcast, I believe that comparative thinking can be, in fact, it actually must be the part of any creative person's toolkit, the part of any creator or entrepreneur's path forward. Now, here's how. I know it's blasphemy, right? You're like, wait a minute, this is counter everything I've ever heard. And that's, I end up, I like things that are, the non-traditional way of looking at things, right? That's what this is. Because otherwise, someone out there is saying, blasphemy, why would you prescribe the toxic idea of comparing yourself, the fragile hearts and minds of us artists and us entrepreneurs, why should we compare ourselves to other? You know what I'd respond? The trick is to harness the power of comparison and constrain the negatives and make use of the positives such that this comparison can propel you forward with energy and vitality rather than holding you back. And right now you're saying, all right, cool, I'm, I'm open to this, but you ha- you better lay out a very clear path for you to understand this because right now you're sounding crazy, Chase. No problem. So here's how you do it. Do not compare yourself to others in counterproductive ways that open the door to negative thinking. Obviously, much easier said than done, but what I mean more specifically is this. Do not compare yourself, that is your overall worth as a human, the self, you, person. Don't compare that to others. 
weighing your own accomplishments, lifestyle, self-image against someone else's as though you're on opposite ends of the balance beam is really, really a bad idea. Don't do that. Do not attribute your self-worth to the things that you're seeing on social feeds or in comparing work or your product or your service to other people. Don't ever do that. That's the comparison that's harmful and potentially very undermining to your goal. The reason's simple. We are biologically programmed to put greater emphasis on the negative. There's a phenomenon called negativity bias, right? Look it up. And therefore, when you compare yourself, or again, precisely here, yourself to someone else's self, that is the human, your core as a human, when you compare yourself to someone else's, the natural tendency is to overlook your positives and focus on the negative because your brain is designed to zoom into all those areas where you feel like you fall short. That is a survival mechanism, right? Remember, the brain is a two million year old organ. That's why I don't call it my brain. I call it the brain. These are survival mechanisms to make us feel like we're less than, not enough. Your crocodile brain is always looking for something to fix. So do not compare your self-worth to others based on the work. Now, the net outcome of this is that comparing the uncut reality of your life to the very highly edited highlight reel of someone else's life, their Instagram feed, their Facebook feed, their, their work, their website, whatever, Plainly speaking, when you do that, you make yourself feel like crap. Who needs this? The answer is clearly nobody needs this. This is not helpful. Now, blunt and non-contextual judgments on yourself, they don't serve you. As you can tell by my point of view here, in the state of mind, you're not likely to find the motivation to do anything productive, right? What I want you to do is I want you to remind yourself that you're worthy, that you're enough that you're not just a good human, you're a great human, that you always do in your life, you always aspire to do the things that are right. You might make some mistakes here and there, we all do. Remind yourself in this moment when you find that, that voice creeping in, that, wait a minute, the thing I'm looking at, that's other people's highlight reel. Now, instead of getting fired up about a new idea or going to an event or making new friends or making headway in a project, if you get into this negative thinking cycle, you're just going to sit on the couch and you're going to have a pity party. <laughs> you know what those pity parties are like. We've all had them, right? That's an instant loss of momentum, all because you let yourself fall into the all too common trap of comparing yourself, capital S-E-L-F, with others' self based on the work. Those should be separate. Now, with that in mind, Let's shift gears and unravel a very simple way to outsmart your crocodile brain and to short circuit this tendency toward the negative. Instead, I can give you a blueprint for putting that caveman brain of yours on pause. Let's flip the script and put that comparison-laden DNA that you have, let's put it to good use. Now, this is very tactical, right? First, you, you, you stumble into this, you find yourself lurking someone else's Instagram and getting the, oh, this person's life is so much better or awesome than mine, what the hell am I doing? First thing I want you to do, stop. Literally close the app. Close app now, boom. Acknowledge that the feed that you were just viewing is someone else's highlight reel. It's their shining, it's their bright moments, even if they try and take that sort of, quote, intentionally off-looking photograph or where their hair is messy. You know what? Even that is edited too. So I want you to stop. 
I want you to remind yourself that this is a curated version of someone else's life. They've curated that feed with the intent of crafting a message about who they are. So stop worrying about that. And then acknowledge that part of yourself that you're comparing to that highlight reel. The thing is, you you know all of your dirtiest dirt, right? You know your real life. You know that you have stains on your white t-shirts. You know you have a low bank balance or you got a bad grade or that those unedited things you know about yourself. You know all those things and you don't know that about the other person. Sit with that for a moment, right? Just hold that space. Remind yourself, hey, I'm worthy. What I know about myself is too much and what I know about the other person is not enough. And what I know is that I'm a good human and that that's their highlight reel. Now put your chin up after this little 10 second exercise and get back to work. And the work that I want you to do is I want you to do this work. I want you to open that app back up and now, this is the big pivot here, I want you to look at the work. I don't want you to look at any lifestyle photos. If it's a photography photographer that you're oogling, look at the work. If it's a product that they've built that you're envious of, look at the product. How does it address the consumer? What's the design? Not the narrative behind the work. I want you to look at the work and I want you to see what you can learn. Now, warning, warning, this is a slippery slope. This is why I want you to do this in a very constrained and intentional way. Slippery slope alert. If you find yourself wanting that Ferrari or those six pack abs, close the app again, go away, remind yourself that you are worthy, that your job is not to compare your human worth to other humans worth based on their Facebook feed or based on the work that you see. Ask yourself, what can I learn from this? And when you start realizing that you can learn this about their work or that about their work, not the human behind the work, then it's okay to proceed. Now, here's what to do. I want you to shift gears entirely and make a habit of reviewing the work of others after you've always already created something. And what shifts is this becomes then an actually critical analysis of craft and it's not of comparing self-worth. And again, this is not going to happen the first time or the third time or the fifth time. This is something you're trying to make a habit. You close that app, say, wait a minute, let's look at the work, not the emotions behind the work. So this is where comparative thinking is not only good, but it's actually vital for people who are trying to make best of class things, best of class work, um, great products. You're trying to innovate, change the game, uncover who you are. In doing that, you need to compare your work to the best and do it with an unflinchingly and very, very honest eye because that helps you get better, right? And do so with the explicit goal of learning from the comparison and using what you learn to improve your own methods, your own um, skills, what ways, what do you need to learn to get better? It's amazing how powerful this can be if you can just flip this switch. This is true whether you're talking about photography or design or music. It's the one common thread that I've seen amongst really high level. No, that's not the one. It is a common thread that I see among really high level creators or entrepreneurs of all stripes is that they hold themselves to a really high standard. They can start to become more objective about where their own work stands up. If you've built a product, someone else, and maybe they have a product team of 45 people and it's just you and another guy in a garage. It's okay. If you know that, it's it's really good to say, okay, cool. 
I don't have that luxury, but what can I learn from what the people who do have 45 people solving this problem, what can I learn from them? To get to the top of any creative or entrepreneurial food chain, you've got to hold yourself to a high standard. I don't want to undersell that. And this is where comparing the work that you do to the work of others is critical. This is, this is actually what inspiration looks like. You don't walk through the museum. You don't walk to the Met or the MoMA to be bummed out. You walk through those places to get inspired because you walk in with that mindset. And that's what I'm trying to get you to do here today. Steal from an artist, right? If you steal from one artist, actually, let me let me reframe this. This is classic Austin Kleon, right? If you steal from one artist, it's stealing. Steal from a dozen artists and it's research. So do research. Shift that comparison that you do. Put it, put the self part on the shelf and look at the work and do research to see what I can learn from all of the other folks that are out there doing what I'm doing. I promise this can feel different if you can harness it. It's not going to feel jealous or envious if you walk out there looking to be inspired and motivated to go back to work. It's, it's less comparing and it's more a critical analysis. Just this simple shift in understanding should and could spur you to create better work. Now, I am totally crystal clear that at times this can be tough and a bruising process and sometimes confusing. But here's the deal. Every time you feel yourself going into that, you're comparing yourself, go through that exercise. Say, it's, this, is, this is not a comparison of self. I'm, I'm doing research here. I want to close the app on, reopen it and look, you know, or, or go shift gears, look at something else to get inspired. And I often want you to do this after you've created something. My friend Marie Forleo, create before you consume. This is actually, this is why crit exists in art school, right? Sometimes this can be tough, but reality is buried here is the fact that you're admitting that your work needs work. And that's powerful. This is a powerful secret. This is called sort of reflection and honesty. It's called honing your ambition. It's called focusing on what matters and not the distractions like the handsome boyfriend or girlfriend that the designer whose Instagram feed you follow has. Focus on understanding the work. And when you focus on the tactical aspects of the craft and the work and not the narrative behind their work, you learn. And learning, my friends, is the master skill. You will get good at learning how to learn. And when you do that, it makes it even more easy to put that knowledge to work. That truthfully is one of the reasons that Creative Live exists. That's one of the reasons this podcast existed because I wanted to put myself in the company and the ambition of people who have already done the work. They've done the learning. And the hope was that that would inspire, improve, elevate my work. And here's another thing about the creative and the entrepreneurial industries. (laughs) What you do actually matters. It's not what's in your brain. It's the work that matters. So you know, they're, they're probably, you know, the moon has to line up a little bit to get a big break. It's more often not a big break. It's a series of a hundred small breaks to be able to sort of live the life that you aspire to live. But you got to get your work out there too, right? You got to meet people. You got to hustle. There's this other 50% you've heard me talk about that nobody else is talking about. At the end of the day though, the work is actually the most important reason that you'll get hired, that your app will become a success, that your company will grow. People come up with all kinds of reasons to believe this isn't true, that the work doesn't matter. But if we're being honest, those are excuses. And those are rationalizations we tell ourselves when we come up short. It's not always the case. I get it. Don't get me wrong. I understand. But 90% of the time, high quality work matters. 
you can create a list of reasons why they got the job and you didn't. But if they're getting all of the jobs and you're getting none of the jobs, it's a craft. There's a level of professionalism. There's a level of experience that they're developing. They are no more worthy of a human than you are. You are worthy right now. You have to do nothing to deserve love, to deserve companionship, to deserve human connection. That's all there for you. That's a separate mission. I'm trying to get you to look at other people's work and learn something. What can come to bear is that your, your, your craft needs to be sharper. And that, if you can hold it in that esteem at that level, can be incredibly powerful. To put an even finer point on this, high standards means that, you've probably heard me say this many times before, compare your work to the best. Use comparison of craft to find out what that additional 10% is that makes the difference between good and great. Reference your friends, the people in your local scene, or your peers, or wherever your craft stands. But ultimately, the measuring stick that I want you to use is the work from the top pros, right? I hear you. Extroverts get so much attention, or this person whose work is great is getting better at a faster rate than anybody else's. I understand that. But the truth is that those people never stick. Nothing is a trend forever. No one is always popular. Things happen in cycles. You can get hired in two weeks, two days, two months. Don't cultivate fake lovers. Stop bullshitting your way into this or that. At the end of the day, what people gravitate to is really good quality work done consistently over time, done with stamina. You've heard me say it a thousand times, right? Stamina wins. Real craft stands out over time. So get to work. Believe it or not, if you are hustling, there will be a day, I promise, where people look up to you and they're no longer your idols that seem impossibly far away. Those are your peers now. That's going to be a cool feeling. And you know what? This day actually might come sooner than you think. And you're going to be able to hang with them, not just socially, not to fill your Instagram feed, but hang with them on the same level of their craft. That's why I, more than anything, I want you to be doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing. You're, you need to be pursuing a thing that you care about. That's a solving a problem that you will have or your peers have or something that's close to you because when stuff gets hard and it will, that's where you get the fortitude to keep on going. Again, this day is going to come sooner than you think. If you focus on your craft, F enjoy the process of learning and getting better. And if you focus on the work, this can become a thing of joy. Now, a little reminder here. The key to using this sort of comparison framework that I just laid out here, the key to using this to your advantage is in channeling those sometimes intense and slippery slope emotions into a positive direction. Instead of letting yourself feel defeated, reframe the conversation into inspiration and motivation. Find joy for that person, genuine joy, genuine appreciation and gratitude that you can even, you're the you know one in a trillion that you are born into the body that you're in in this time and space. Leverage any sort of temporary discomfort about you know yourself. It's not yourself. Let's look at the craft. Leverage that into motivation. Use the comparison of craft to push through the exhaustion, to push through the grind and crank that crank out that additional 10% that's going to make the difference between good and great. Whether that's get up a little earlier, when you put the kids to bed, stay up a couple hours later, do the extra work that the others aren't. Think of that like um, Mike Tyson did when he was asked why he wakes up at 4.30 in the morning every day. 
His answer was because I know that while I train, my opponent is still sleeping. Now, like lots of things in life, you know, much of this is, is just a matter of making small tweaks to your outlook. I've always believed that mindset is the difference between good and great. Now, a quick flip of the switch can pay huge dividends, and that's what I'm asking you to do today. What you actually do is you change things in an instant. You think about it for, your long, for a long time, but when you decide to raise your, 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 your standards, you do that in an instant. If you can learn to embrace this version of comparative thinking, compare the work and not the self, I think it's going to take your work to new heights. I don't, I don't know. Here's a little bonus. This is the cheat code on how to make envy disappear in five seconds or less. <laughs> that's a, that's a uh, Results may vary here, but I believe this is true. When comparing your work to the work of others, it's a very easy and natural to get nervous. But en envy is a negative emotion. It's important for all of us to wage war on envy and negative thinking. So here's a hack. Acknowledging a negative thing can actually make it feel less significant. Saying your biggest fears out loud makes them start to feel a little less powerful. Our monkey mind, again, is not designed to keep us happy. It's designed to keep us alive. And the reality is that 99% of the things that we're talking about right now have nothing to do with life or death. This is your crocodile brain's programming. And if you can say these things out loud, listen to them and saying, that's not like me. I'm not going to do that anymore. Next time, I'm going to keep my thinking positive. So again, the moment you feel envy rising, say out loud that I'm envious of this person, this thing, this status, this piece of work, and why. Feel free to use the person's name. You know, Joe Smith, I'm envious that you, you're only 26 and you are shooting campaigns for Coca-Cola, designing apps for Apple or Nike. And while I'm 32 here and I've only worked with, uh, with local companies and, and on a small scale. And I'll bet you a ton of cash that by the time those words leave your mouth, the envy will probably have dissipated. If it's not completely gone, I'll be surprised. In fact, you might actually feel yourself being a little bit inspired by that person who you were previously envious of, turning a negative emotion into a positive one. That's one way to overcome this negativity bias. Give it a little bit of daylight and then that allows your mind to shift and then think about how you can use what you've just said to learn to be applied, motivated, fired up, to focus on your craft and get better at the things that you're trying to do in your career, in your life. All right, I'm gonna wrap this up here. Now, comparative thinking, just to take it from the top, is part of our firmware as humans. Our brain is a brain of relativism. It's built in as a survival mechanism. So if it's happening to you, it's okay. You're not doing it wrong, but I'm just gonna try and help you do it different and a little better. Avoid letting yourself fall into the un, all too common kinds of comparative thinking that breed self-doubt and those other unproductive things. Nip that shit in the bud if you ever feel yourself going down that road. Snuff it out before it ever takes root and steals your energy and instead use the power of comparative thinking to your advantage. Turn that into positive and critical thinking about the craft, about the skills, not about your worth or lack thereof as a human. You are worthy right now for love, for success. You're worthy for all of those things. 
you may have to, to continue to work on your craft. You may have to continue to build community. You may have to continue to get stronger as an athlete or smarter as a coder. And in those worlds where you're thinking about the craft, I want you to compare your work to the very best and do so with unflinching honesty, rinse and repeat. Remember, your brain is a tool. Make that brain work for you. I want you to learn to learn to use it. Tony Robbins, master at all this stuff. He's, I think, incredible at ha- helping us think about how to shift the mindset of this two million year old organ. You need your brain to work for you. And I promise, if you can go back and listen to this maybe one more time, you can start to use this as a very simple framework on how to shift your mentality. Now, I love this sort of human psychology stuff. I think that focus on mindset, if we focused on like upgrading our, our brain as much as we focused on updating our phones to the latest operating system, we'd be way better off. So let this be a starting point. We're not done. This is, this is the beginning of a journey. If this is helpful for you, please let me know. If you're struggling with this stuff, please let me know. I'm doing everything I can to uh, point you to some other resources out there in the social. Tag me. I'll keep pointing to this and I'll keep making podcasts like this if it's helpful. If not, if you want to see something else, of course, tell me. I just know how comparing yourself to others is the worst but also the best thing you can do. You just have to harness it. All right. Until next time, I bid you adieu. Go out there and make something. All right. That about wraps it up. But uh, hey, before you bounce, two quick things. Um, Actually, I'm going to go three quick things. Thing one, A, thank you so much for being a part of this community. And I'm not quite sure how you you landed on this podcast. It doesn't matter to me. The fact that we're all in this together and that we're able to have a conversation is awesome. I feel uh, honored to be in your ears right now and that uh, you've paid attention to what I've been doing, what Creative Live has been doing for some time. And whether it's been a day or 10 years, I just want to say thank you. It's also really important to know on the backside of that, that I, I do a lot of responding to comments. So hit me up, on, you know, direct message me on, on Instagram or Twitter or at me. I try and respond as much as possible. So let's have a conversation that transcends me just being in your ears here. Let's try and do it some, somewhere out there in, on the internet land. That's thing one. Thing two, again, I'm not quite sure what channels you pay attention to me and my work, but please go check out. I'm at Chase Jarvis or slash Chase Jarvis or whatever on all the platforms. And it's really important to me. Also, if you wouldn't mind checking out Creative Live, it's something that not only myself, but 120 other committed hardcore badass people come to work every day uh, to build the place where creators and entrepreneurs learn so check that out there just slash creative live or at creative live all over out there on the internet all right until again uh, probably tomorrow i hope i'll hear you i'll be in your ears maybe tomorrow and i'll look for your comments on the internets bye